It's a busy week at FBN as we tackle everything from trucker convoys, pre-Nicene survivalists, and the release of an audiobook that's actually worth listening to, plus more viewer mail. Pack a lunch for this week's First News on FBN. The latest news, history, and analysis from the perspective of the first Christians. Tune into the FBN Worldwide 24-7 radio stream. As everyone waits to see what dirty tricks the Canadian government will play on the people of Canada fighting the Satan-shot mandates and struggling to pry their country out of the grip of the neo-Bolsheviks, we've been getting a lot of viewer mail regarding the overall situation leading to a dark place. And in that dark place, food, water, provisions, and money, the inescapable reality of the material world, take the stage front and center. Nobody wants to hear about the Beatitudes when they're boiling shoe leather for their next meal. Now, as you know, we're not a prepper or survivalist podcast, but we do know a few things about the pre-Nicene Christians. And one of those pre-Nicene Christians was the greatest prepper and survivalist that ever lived. While you're filling out your bug-out bag with cans of Walmart tuna, consider the following real-life adventures that was endured by someone you may be familiar with. Four round trips across the Roman Empire on foot and by sea, no savings, enemies everywhere, beaten, stoned, whipped, imprisoned, nearly drowned and left for dead, and it went on for decades. Think you could handle that? Yeah, you might want to pack three cans of tuna in that bug-out bag, huh? Now, the name of that man is the Apostle Paul, and he didn't have a stash of gold and silver coins, night scopes, AR-15s, K-bar knives, space blankets, satellite phones, North Face windbreakers, life straws, and five-gallon buckets of freeze-dried beef stroganoff. The TV preachers and YouTube experts didn't give him a coupon code for 50% off on Apple Crumb Cake MREs. Now, with hyperinflation and false flag attacks, the Jesus killers are going to make things pretty interesting and do it pretty soon. And that's on top of forcing the DNA-mutating bioweapon injections on everybody with their vinos, their vaccines in name only. Now, we're going to be facing a virtually unpreppable situation. Recently, I've heard people say that to get out of this and survive, we need a a renaissance, some kind of enlightenment or new ideology. But I actually have a slightly different take. I don't think we need a renaissance at all. What we need is a reverse renaissance. We need to go back, way back, and reconnect with our pre-Nicene past, our roots and essence, and more importantly, reconnect with our true faith as Christians, the faith founded on the first Christian Bible of 144 AD, the one before the Judaizers got a hold of it and perverted the gospel, tried to blend oil and water and mix their alien carnal Torah with our true Christian God who was revealed to us only through Christ. Let us consider chapter 9, verse 3 from the Gospel of the Lord. O you of little faith, and seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be of doubtful mind, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. 
but your Father knows that you have need of these things. Notwithstanding, seek the kingdom of God, and all things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for your Father is well pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make yourselves purses which grow not old, an unfailing treasure in the heavens, where a thief does not come near, nor a moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Now, before I unpack that, let's take a look inside the Apostle Paul's go bag. Hmm, looks like some cordage, tent-making material, a reed pen, some papyrus, and, oh, what's this? Prayers. Now, prayer was what saved him and helped him not only endure suffering that you can't even imagine, but yet even grow stronger. In fact, he would establish Christian churches throughout the entire known world. Now then, you were saying something about preppers and cans of tuna? And yes, these prayers that Paul used were pretty powerful. Maybe we should take a closer look at them. Maybe we should take note of what was said during these prayers. Now, it would seem to me that one of the most important things to discern is who was Paul praying to? In fact, let's go further. Who was Jesus praying to? Well, let's start with who they weren't praying to. They didn't address their prayers to anyone called Yahweh or Jehovah or Yeshua. In fact, none of those names are even in the New Testament, in any Bible, in any version of the Bible, anywhere. Those names weren't ever used or even uttered by Paul or Jesus in prayer, ever. Doubt me? Hit the pause button and pick up that big modern Bible and look in the New Testament. Take your time. We'll wait. Not in there, is it? Now, this is pretty important, though, so I don't want to rush you. Let's say you're facing death in a survival situation. Now, it's going to be pretty important that you're praying to the right God and actually using his name, don't you think? Now, the lights are about to go out, and you have one last chance to pray to God for his help. Now isn't the time to be using the wrong name, sport. So, we better be pretty sure. Let's open that New Testament again and look for Jehovah, Yahweh, and Yeshua. No, it's still not in there. No matter how hard the Judaizers and TV preachers want it to be there, it ain't there. Never was there, never will be there, and if you screw up with your life on the line, you won't be there either. Now, I reference chapter 9, verse 3 from the Gospel of the Lord, not only to illustrate a point about things that transcend your go-bag filled with cans of tuna, but also to give you an idea of the name Jesus uses when talking about God. He used the word Father, not Jehovah or Yahweh. Now, we're not the only ones that wondered about how to address God when praying. The apostles wanted to know, too, and what better person to ask than Jesus. So they did. They asked Jesus how they should pray to God and what name to use. Let's see what he tells them. Father, let your Holy Spirit come upon us. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Give us day by day our bread for the coming day, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Amen. 
Now, do you see anything about Yahweh or Jehovah or Yeshua in there? See, this is how Jesus directly tells the apostles to pray, and those names are nowhere to be found. Like I said, we need a reverse renaissance. We need to get back to the truth and facts. We need to go way back to the pre-Nicene roots. But there's something else interesting about that prayer besides using the name Father. First, it's the original wording taken directly from the very first Christian Bible of 144 AD. It's what millions of the pre-Nicene Christians lived and died by. Literally, this was their Bible when they were being fed to lions by Romans and being hunted down by Jews. Your modern Bible didn't come around until about 382 AD, hundreds of years later. Now, you can get a free copy at theveryfirstbible.org, or I'll have a link in the show note. And by the way, that was called the Lord's Prayer, and there's a few different versions of it floating around, but I gave you the original. The modern Bible versions omit the word Holy Spirit. Why? Well, we did a whole episode on that, and I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. Now, in a survival scenario, there's some pretty important elements to consider. One of them being, you'll notice that you're praying for your bread not to come magically right that instant, but instead asking that it be provided day by day for the coming day. You're also asking God to work through the Holy Spirit. This is how he interacts with you. See, you have to know how this works to be able to pray effectively. And if your life is on the line, you better know what you're doing. Now, that original Lord's Prayer is your, think, think of it as your template. Use it as the base for your prayers and tailor it to specific circumstances and needs, but make sure you keep the core elements. Now, I had a lot more things to get into this episode, but I don't want to dilute this core instruction, so I'll wrap it up with some housekeeping for our church parishioners. Things have been very busy at FBN and at the Marcionite Christian Church. First, the audiobook version of the very first Bible has been released, uh, professionally recorded by yours truly, and let me tell you, it was a lot of work. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but suffice it to say, I won't be making a career move to book narration anytime soon. Um, Glad it's done, but also happy and relieved. The audiobook is free for parishioners, and it's available to everybody else through the major distributors like Audible and soon over at Findaway. Links in the show notes or at theveryfirstbible.org. And by the way, we took the entire Gospel of the Lord and created the world's first and only continuous commercial-free broadcast of the Gospel of the Lord. That stream is worldwide and it never stops. You can find that at Zeno.fm and I'll have a link in the show notes. Second, on the freedom convoys and shutdowns happening in Canada and Australia and soon in the U.S., not only do these shut-it-down actions have the personal blessing of Bishop Theophilus, but Months ago, the Marcionite Church declared Christians to be in a state of just war against those mandating the RNA bioweapon injections, whether they be individuals or state actors. 
The church has dispensed a general absolution for tangential sins that may be committed in the furtherance of protecting others in this just war. The dispensation applies to all baptized Christians. Third, the pre-Nicene Bible has been professionally translated into Brazilian Portuguese and will soon be joining the English and Spanish versions for free ebook downloads. And I want to personally thank Presbyter uh, Willemus in Recife, Brazil, for his hard work on that translation. Now, can you help out and help us get this done for India, Russia, and China? Send an email to outreach at mercynightchurch.org. And last but not least, important progress is being made on establishing our first physical church in the Western Hemisphere. Now, donations are not being sought, but we do urgently need your prayers at this critical juncture. May God's Holy Spirit find and guide you. I'm Darren Kalama, and this is First News on FBN. Kill them all. Old and young, girls and women, and little children. Does that sound like something Jesus would ever say to you? The first Christians didn't think so either. And that's why you won't find the Old Testament in the first Christian Bible of 144 AD. Reconnect with your pre-Nicene Christian roots and the Bible you were meant to have. Ten books and the Gospel of the Lord. Download your free ebook at theveryfirstbible.org.